And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here, kicking off the Stay Tuned Sports week for us. Uh, we have our our weekly Thursday MMA show. Well, combat sport, I guess you could say. It's not all about UFC and Bellator. We've got some bare knuckle to talk about today. Um, we had the pay-per-view last week, but I'll tell you what, it's pretty freaking hot right now. Uh, Northeast PA. I, I just had to turn off the AC, so I'm going to see if we can get through the show without no humming in the background, so it's a little bit more enjoyable for you guys to listen to. But before we really kick off and get into the show, head over to Twitter. Um, you can follow the, the, the show at ST Sports Podcast. Uh, you can follow my personal one at Jimbo ST Sports. Head over to Facebook as well. Like us there, share it, share with your friends, family, even people who you don't know them. Share it to them. Let's let's grow this this show together. Uh, as far as where you could listen to us, you could find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google's Play, not Google's Play, Google Play, and tune in. Um, also head over to YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel there. Any of our shows that. Say you don't want to listen to uh, on the iTunes. Head over there. It's all our episodes are there. You can listen to there. Or eventually, we're gonna get some videos on there. I'm I'm hoping with the NFL season coming up, some of the ideas me and uh, shoulders have been kicking around is doing weekly video picks for YouTube and um, get some different content on there as well. But also head over to uh, BellyUpSports.com. I write articles for them. Whether it be MMA, past two articles I wrote, some uh, Philadelphia Eagles ones. This past week I talked about three breakout players. I think there may be for uh, the Philadelphia Eagles this coming season. Obviously, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. And I'm a big fan of bare knuckle boxing. Uh, This past weekend we had uh, BKFC 6. And... Going into it, it actually looked like a, a pretty decent card. Um, some of the, the fighters that were on it have been on past pay-per-views. So the, the, the fighters are starting to get some notoriety. And, you know, you got the Joey, Joey Beltron. I mean, obviously he was with UFC and Bellator. But I think he's making more of a name now. <clears throat> Excuse me. More of a name now in bare knuckle than he was with the MMA uh, sport, you know, with USC and Bellator. Chris Lieben, unfortunately, he had a loss this past weekend. And I'll get into it. He just, he looked different. He looked weird. Uh, But I'll get into that. Um, And then the main event was Artem Lobov, formerly of UFC, Conor McGregor's training buddy, versus... Pauli Maljanagi. Uh, very heated leading up to the fight. Uh, the trash talk and stuff like that. Um, Pauli spitting on Artem. Uh, 
made fun of the MMA community, basically saying, thanks to them, this fight is happening uh, because they're so stupid to realize my boxing skills are so much better than Lobov, and they really think he could knock me out. Well, that's pretty much how this all came about, and blah, blah, blah. It was a snoozer. I mean, I won't lie. I thought I thought it was going to be something totally different, but wasn't. Um, jumping right into it, though. I mean, the main event kicked off with uh, Mundell versus Lipton, and uh, Mundell defeated him by a knockout. Basically, there was really no chance for Lipton. Uh, but the, you know. The ref said, you know, total line, a total line, said fight, and Mundell just picked him apart, and finally, I believe it was the second round, he just put him out, put him down, and when he tried to get up, he staggered a little bit, and that's when the ref called it off. After that fight, it was Jim Ellers versus Elvin Leon Brito. Now, these guys had a little bit of a past. Uh, they both are from MMA. Uh, they both fought in UFC. And earlier on in their UFC careers, they fought each other with Elros uh, uh, winning. I think I think they said on TV that he won by uh, knockout there. And I'll tell you what, he repeated it. And it was a nasty, nasty knockout. Um, basically... With bare knuckle, compared to boxing, when you're in a clinch, you have to fight uh, your way out of it. You know, the ref can't stop, uh, can't step in. As long as you're showing that you're 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 punching, you're moving, um, he's not gonna he's not gonna break it. And uh, he he uh, Ailers got into the clinch and he got his left hand right behind. Brito's neck and pushed his head down as his right hand was coming up and just laid him out. I mean, face planted him. The ref immediately called it off. Brito was okay eventually once he came around, but I'll tell you what, it was it made me jump like holy shit. Then after that fight, we had Joey Riggs versus Barros, and this was a close fight. Now, there is a little bit of controversy. It went to actually all three judges scored it a draw. And I think it was uh, Antonio Tarver, who's one of the, the commentators, made the comment that he was very surprised, and as well as the other two commentators, that it, it was a draw from all three judges. Most of the time, you'll see a split decision or a split draw. Um, you know, two two judges has it as a draw. The third has it as a close, close fight. I had it. I had it. Joey Riggs winning by close. Even with Barrows having the only knockdown in the fight, which came in the first round. And maybe I was going with Joey Riggs because I kind of like his his style. And I thought, like, in the fourth and the fifth rounds, he started to put more pressure on him and connect a little bit better. But 
I saw a lot of people on Twitter say that you know that this this was Barros's uh, fight, and you know he should have won it. Should never went to a draw. Everybody agreed that it was a close fight, but I will give both men credit. It was a, it was an entertaining fight. It wasn't a slop fest or anything like that. Like they they were throwing, and they were pressuring, and they were trying different things to to gain that edge. And unfortunately, it went to a draw. And after that fight, we had Joey Beltran versus Campbell. Now, Campbell, I believe, if it wasn't the last pay-per-view, it was the pay-per-view before he fought on. And he, he, was, he was pretty good. Um, former professional boxer, Campbell was. Joey Beltran is a former MMA guy. <clears throat> I was very impressed with Joey Beltran's movement his punches he seemed a lot more relaxed it seemed like he uh, really focused on his boxing leading up to this fight and he ended up beating him by TKO uh, it was either I think it was uh, late second round early third rounds when he when Campbell finally uh had the, the fight called. And then, again, even Tarver said, uh, when, when he first got knocked down, Campbell automatically took his mouthpiece out and he said, you know, Campbell must be hurt because that's a veteran move there to take your mouthpiece out to buy yourself a couple extra seconds. Meaning, like, once you stand up, do the eight count, take, you know, the, the ref's not going to start until you put your mouthpiece back in. So you buy yourself a couple seconds and right before Beltron ended the fight, it, it got to the point where Campbell actually curdled up with his back to Beltron, and Beltron just unloaded on him, ended up dropping him, and ref called it. But very impressed with uh, Joey Beltron <coughs> with uh, with this fight. I mean, this is his third or fourth fight. Uh, he, I think he's three and one maybe. Uh, in BKFC. Then after that, we had Lane versus Tom Shove. Julian Lane versus Tom Shove. It's not that I don't like Lane, but he just, maybe it just, he seems like he just doesn't belong in BKFC. And this fight was all him. He defeated Tom Shove by unanimous decision. Uh, he showed real quick hands, constantly pressuring uh, Shove. But the one thing going into this fight, I, I, I knew about Tom Shove, and I believe I may have picked him against Lane to, to win this, is Shove is very, very tough. Uh, he just kept getting pummeled by Lane. But, you know, fifth round, I believe it was, he just came out swinging. He, he stood, in, you know, stood in the pocket, threw as hard as he could to, to try to knock Lane out. Because by that point, he knew he was down on the scorecards. And it unfortunately didn't work. Lane won by a unanimous decision. And he looked good, you know. 
Um, again, another entertaining fight. It wasn't no let's run around the ring. I mean, they both applied pressure, uh, fast pace, and that's maybe one of the things I do like the most about Bare Knuckle is the whole five uh, two-minute rounds, whereas UFC is three five-minute rounds or five five-minute rounds, depending on what type of fight it is. And with boxing, when you got the 12 rounds, 10 to 12 rounds, you know, I don't know, kind of not necessarily lose track of, um, like, enjoyable, you know, enjoyment or anything like that. It just, you have a lot less time to apply your game plan. You know, first round, 90% of the time is a feeling out process. Second round, okay, you know what you got to do now. <clears throat> Come in, start doing it. Well, now if it's not not really working and the other guy has a little step on you, okay, you come in the third round. Now you're maybe down one round. Okay, well, now the game plan's still not working. Well, now fourth and fifth round, you got to go balls to the wall. You got you to knock the guy out or you got to get a 10-8 round, both uh, rounds. To try to get at least, you know, maybe a, a, a split draw or something like that. And, you know, for 40 bucks, it's not bad. You're, you're not paying what UFC up to now, 60, 70 bucks. I mean, it's probably another year or two before that's up to 100 bucks for three fights, you know. But after the Julian Lane fight was the co-main event. Dakota Cochran, who was a late replacement versus Chris Lieben. Now, Dakota, he defeated Chris Lieben by decision, but it just, Lieben looked sluggish. He looked slow. He seemed like he just couldn't figure out Dakota, and Dakota, he, he just kept throwing one, you know, one heavy shot, shot after another. A couple times, I think uh, Lieben had one or two cuts from some of the good punches um and even you know credit to chris lieben after the fight he said you know sometimes just not your night dakota did what he had to do and i couldn't figure him out um i will say the 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 post fight interview with dakota i mean this is your first fight in the pkfc you could see he wanted to see, say, I'm a legend killer because now he has Chris Lieben as a win. He defeated Johnny Hendricks at that Boss Rutten bare knuckle one, which folded and owes fighters money and stuff like that. They asked him, who, you know, this is your chance to call anybody out. And he just said, you know, put another legend in front of me. You know, who, who do you got out there? You know, things like that. And. I mean, really, UFC, you know, you got Chris Lieben, maybe Joey Riggs, if they're in the same weight class. Um, that's the only part of BKFC I'm still learning because they seem to have more of the boxing weight class set up than UFC does. UFC has more of a, you know, five weight classes where BKFC has like the super lightweight you know, lightweight, stuff like that. Then it was the main event time. 
And like I said at the top of the show, Artem Lobov, Pauli Malzhinagi had a very heated lead up to this fight as far as trash talking and um, stuff they would say on Twitter. And again, if you've been living underneath the rock for the past two, three years, basically this whole match was because of Malzhinagi training with Conor McGregor for the Floyd Mayweather fight. The video came out showing that Conor knocked down Pauly. Pauly says it's all lies, blah, blah, blah. And I'll tell you what, after the fight was over, hearing all the excuses, even the, he hit me with one good shot, even though I got three cuts on my face type excuses, I kind of believe Connor and, and Lobov with what happened that day at sparring. Both these guys definitely did take some heat for this fight. Again, I was expecting, honest to God, bell would ring, they'd come to the center and just start throwing. And all it was was Pauly basically running and wanting a counter, which is a good game plan. I mean, Lobov has power, and Lobov basically was trying to show that, but couldn't, in the first two rounds, really connect with Pauly. And then halfway through the third, it seemed like Lobov started to cut him off. He landed one good punch on Malzhanagi that seemed like may have scared Pauly a little bit. Like, oh crap, what am I doing here? And then after that, just uh, won the next two rounds uh, Lobov did. I know I, I saw one writer actually say this uh, This fight basically was Lobov and Pauljanagi having a glorified sparring session that occasionally would show a few hard punches, get through to leave some cuts, which again, is Malzanagi. I mean, Lobov, I think, had one little cut above his uh, eye, but nothing to be too worried about. And as I said, Malzanagi made, made so many excuses. Um, what he said at the post-fight uh, interview you know, he said he felt that he won the fight. Even there's a, a video out there when they're reading off the the scorecards. He just turned around like, what the hell? You know, how did he win? This and that. And he also made the excuse that he possibly suffered a broken hand in the second round. He was the better fight fighter throughout. Did get hit hard, even though he had three cuts, including a deep gash on his left eyebrow and felt the odds were against him. Now, I mean, I'll give him credit. He did come out and say, and now, whether this is true or not, he did come out and say that, you know, a lot of boxers in the boxing community said, why are you doing this? This is beneath you. You're going to tarnish your your uh, reputation. But at least he did it for himself. He didn't do it for the boxing community. Like, Connor going to boxing to fight Floyd to say MMA fighters are better at boxing than boxing fighters or uh, boxing guys coming to UFC. You know, at least he did it because he wanted to do it. That part, I'll give him credit. Um, he came out, he said the beef between them is squashed. Nothing about Conor though, so I expect him still 
cry and whine about the video to, to Connor, but not say anything to Lobov anymore. <clears throat> uh, now, the next one is in August, I believe. Uh, August 10th. Um, I think Sam Shoemaker is fighting on there. If he doesn't have an opponent yet, I saw him that night call out Joey Beltron. I would love to see that fight because even Sam's boxing uh, last pay-per-view, I believe he was on, his defense was a lot better. Um, he still has that power. Beltron, has, he's a big boy too, so he, he has power too. So this that type of fight, I think, would put a lot of fireworks out there. Uh, as far as other ones, I'm trying, I'm trying to remember... Um, Leonard Garcia is fighting, I believe, Jason Wright. Jason uh, Jason Wright fought Lobov in Lobov's uh, debut, and that was a that was a war. And Garcia is another guy that likes to have wars himself, so this that could be another possibly good fight as well. So I'll give BKFC um, matchmakers credit; they seem to know how to match guys up. And not have it so boring, you know. Seeing every fight minus the Lobov fight with uh, Polly has been very entertaining. Even their their worst was still good, you know. It wasn't the best as far as entertainment. Now, also that came out this past week. Going to talk a little little UFC here. And one of my uh, my fighters that I start to really like and wanted to follow to see how he would do is Sugar Shane. Came out this past week that he tested positive again. Uh, but the thing is, he has been temporarily, temporarily suspended by the Nevada State Athletic Commission due to traces of the banned substance Osterin. So he's not going to be on the, the UFC 239 card now. Sorry, I had to take a drink of my Gatorade since it's so hot up here. Uh, now here's the here's the tricky thing because this story I'm going to kind of tie in with something that happened in the past with a, another UFC fighter that I love so much and you guys know it. Sugar Shane mentioned that the substance that resurfaced showed up as extremely low level and actually would not have any performance advantage. Now, the last fighter that we had this type of situation was Mr. John Jones. He tra- he uh, tested positive for... Uh, Turnable, uh, I believe right before the Anthony Smith fight, which that was just, what, two months ago maybe it was. And they let John Jones fight. Now, if he tests a positive, had John Jones, if John Jones tests a positive and had no performance advantage from that, why is Sugar Shane taken off of this card? 
Now, again, with John Jones, UFC 232 card, which was John Jones versus Alexander Gustafsson, had low levels of Turner Ball first appeared in his system in December, which ended up moving the whole card from Vegas, excuse me, from Vegas to Inglewood. I don't understand how this is possible. How can you have one fighter? I mean, I understand John Jones is a big pay-per-view draw and makes you lots and lots of money. But, and this is why I, I think the UFC fighters or MMA fighters in general need to have a union because UFC knew they were going to lose out a lot of money with John Jones versus Gustafsson because that was going to be the second uh, fight between those two. They knew they were going to lose a lot of money and that's why they moved it. And they got moved on six days notice because the Nevada State Athletic Commission, which that's where originally the fight was supposed to be at in Nevada, didn't have enough time to properly vet the positive test. California State Athletic Commission stepped in and said they felt comfortable with the evidence and the word of scientists and experts that there was no evidence of the turn wall being readministered. But there's still the trace. That's where the whole pictogram thing came about. So Sugar Shane basically has pictograms of Osterin, which was still in his system. Like uh, I think they said it was like a residue type thing from his suspension from a year ago. It's not that he retook this stuff. It's just that it's still in the system. So why is he off the card? And the funny part too is He's off the card that John Jones is main eventing. It's kind of ironic. There's, there has to be something in place that it's either you're completely off the card and suspended, like they said, he's temporarily suspended, or you stay on the card and, like with John Jones, got fined. You know, 25 grand or 250 grand, whatever it was. There has to be some type of policy in place that says if you're caught with this, whether it's traces, then this is how it's going to be. And just to just to take it a step further to show you about the, the whole favoritism towards John Jones came out this past week that Uncle Dana is trying to talk with the, uh, I believe it's the Nevada State Commission, that he wants the only loss on John Jones' record to be overturned, which was against Matt Hamill. Why? I mean, I, I just don't understand it. Why? The rule is, so to kind of go to a backstory of what the, how the loss happened, it was a DQ loss to Matt Hamill because John Jones was using uh, 12 to 6 downward elbows, which is 
illegal. Now, granted, a lot of fans, um, Joe Rogan himself believes it's a move that should be legal anyways, but it's still illegal. It's a rule. You're not supposed to use it. So when Tom Brady deflated the, the footballs for the Super Bowl or the playoffs, whichever you want to say, it's against the rules. But some fans believe it doesn't really affect affect anything. Should we go back and say, okay, you know what? The fine that we gave you, here's the money back. Should we change everything in sports now? Because, well, it's a rule that should be legal, but it's not illegal. No. If you don't want it illegal, change it now. I'm sorry, Mr. Jones. You still have the loss. That was before we changed the rule. I really hope they don't change this. Now, kudos to Matt, uh, Matt Hamill. He came out on Twitter and said to, to Joe Rogan, UFC, Dana White, and I think John Jones, well, if you think it's, it's going to be a legal move, let's play it back as a legal move. Hamill hasn't been in UFC in, what, eight years or so? Trying to get one last payday. But I'm just I'm just tired of like at least at least once a week. Like John Jones is getting up there with Conor McGregor with me. At least once a week, UFC is doing something to pamper him. He he talks about being the pound for pound best out there. Sorry, you're not. Even if if you want me to take out uh, a consideration about the the positive test, the cocaine, the, the hit and run. If you want me to take all that out, I still don't think technically he should be the greatest pound for pound fighter just because he has one belt. Yes, he's won it three different times because he had a strip from him three different times. I got Daniel Cromier as number one because he, in my eyes, and I'm not a big Chromier fan, so don't think I'm I'm saying this because I am. In my eyes, he's still the light heavyweight champion. He was forced to give it up so John Jones could fight Gustafsson for it. He's also the heavyweight champion. I got Amanda Nunez, number two. She's the featherweight and... What's the next one below her? Strawweight, I guess would be. She's got two belts. So yes, I am using the, the concept of, listen, if you got two belts over one, you're the better fighter. And Jones kind of refuses to go up to heavyweight. <clears throat> he even came out this, this past week <clears throat> and said, if UFC wants me to go to heavyweight to fight Daniel Cormier, they're going to have to take care of me pretty good. Don't blame him for that. Don't blame him for trying to get as much money as he could because, let's be honest, once you're 35 or so, your fighting years are, are either way behind you or slowly coming to an end. Now, if he goes up to heavyweight and beats Cromier and wins the belt, automatically I would put him number one. But Nunez would, would be a very close number one. 
she has a lot more I believe um, wins over former champions you got Chris Cyborg she, defe she defeated Shevanko uh, I believe it's twice I saw you know so she has a very good resume to compete with and you know John Jones with what's he 20 27 0 27 and 0 whatever it would be so at some point I, I just wish UFC would open their eyes I mean I don't remember seeing them baby and Chuck Liddell or Tito Ortiz or I mean at one point light heavyweight division was kind of a a, a turning door because you know you had Forrest Griffin win the belt he held it for one or two defenses Rampage held the bell for a couple defenses. Rashad, you know, John Jones was the first one to really hold it, but only one division. So that's enough talk of John Jones and the favoritism and UFC and getting me all fired up on this hot day. Before we go, though, we have UFC Fight Night this coming Saturday. We have Francis Gano versus Junior Dos Santos. That's the main event. Um, kicking it off, the main card, we have a light heavyweight with Alonzo Manyfield versus Paul Craig. Kind of giving my picks. There's a couple of fighters here I, I've heard of. Um, I, I believe I've seen Alonzo fight once or twice, so. This one, I'm going to go with Paul Craig, though, to kick off the. Uh, the MMA card, the UFC card. After that, we have the, a lightweight with uh, Drew, Do uh, Drew Dauber versus Marco Polo Reyes. Pretty sure I did this once before. Go with Marco Polo just because of the name. I mean, you know he made, got made fun of when he was a kid, so he has to be a tough son of a bitch. So, go with uh, Reyes there. Then we have another lightweight fight. With Roosevelt Roberts versus Vink Piquil. Uh, I'm going to go with Roosevelt, Roosevelt Roberts there. Then we have a welterweight fight with a UFC veteran. I mean, borderline legend because he's, he's been around a while. Damian Mia versus Anthony Rocco Martin. I'm going with Damian Mia. His, his jiu-jitsu is just one of the best out there. He gets you on the ground. You better figure out a way quick to get up because he's, he's going he's gonna to make you tap. Then for the co-main event, we have a flyweight fight with Formega versus Joseph Benavidez. Uh, Joseph's another one. He, he's starting to get up there a little bit in age, I think. So, I'm going to probably choke on my words for saying this, but I'm going to go with Formega. Uh, I think Benavidez's days are behind him. Um, I don't think he's going to have a chance to have a nice little title run or anything like that. So, I'm going with Formega with the win. And then for the main event, I mean, this, this could be a good fight. This could be... This has knockout all over it. As long as Francis Gano that fought um, that one time that they only threw like three punches the whole fight. 
Hopefully, if, if he shows up, he's dead. He, he's not going to last against Junior Dos Santos, who has some good boxing. This one, I'm going to go with Gano, just because I, I believe being young, still hungry, has very powerful punches. I think he's going to connect with Dos Santos on one punch and win this one. So... That is it for today for our MMA show. I will be back tomorrow. Uh, Shoulders probably will not be here. Some scheduling. I guess he has work or something like that. But I will be back tomorrow night. Head over to Twitter. Follow the show at ST Sports Podcast. Follow me at Jimbo ST Sports. Uh, You can hear us on TuneIn, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Head over to Facebook, like us, share us there, and head over to YouTube to uh, subscribe to us there. Like I said, we have some stuff planned for the football season, so you're going to see actually some videos there. So till tomorrow, this is your good friend Jimbo signing out.